You are listening to Echoes with Thoughts, a podcast that will keep you informed and will keep you on the edge of your seat. Now sit back, open up a can of pop or some water, as Sosalyn, your host, goes behind the mic and talks about life in general. Remember to keep it saucy. Hello, and welcome to the Sauce Report. I hope you guys are having an awesome Oh my gosh, it's not the sauce report. It's Echoes with Sauce. I am so sorry about that. You know, the interesting part is, is that I still have to get used to that. Not the Echoes of Sauce, or not the sauce report, but Echoes with Sauce. So I have, I have some awesome things to tell you. Not only is it November 22nd of our dear uh, Savior's birth or year, it is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and you're probably looking at the title, Ofer Goes to Court. What in the world just happened? Well, I'm so excited to tell you guys of, I've actually done research on this topic. And the part two, we're going to figure out why Ofer Goes to Court. But I want to give you, that's going to be a part two, but today is going to be talking about what is mad cow disease and why was it such a big deal and is it prevalent today in our society now we're going to break down and we're going to spend this episode and and tomorrow's episode really breaking it down and how Oprah Winfrey potentially did she win the court case or did she not you will find out that reasoning in tomorrow's episode but either way I I'm so excited to talk about today's episode. I've actually done hours and hours of research and it is exciting. So what is mad cow disease? What do you think? When you look up mad, mad cow disease, what do you think it is? Well, mad cow, let's go back and figure out when it all started. So it started in England in 1980s, in the early 1980s. And what happened was, was that it was started by one farmer and through this whole next two episodes we're going to be focusing on england and we're going to be focusing heavily on england because that's where it all starts off so with mad cow disease okay it starts off by a cow eating another cow's brain now i'm not talking about a cow dying off of a cow and just seeing Hey, you know what? I'm hungry. Moo, moo. I'm hungry. I ooh. There's my brother and there's my sibling. I'm going to eat his brain. It's not how what you think it is. So back in 1980, uh, during the soybean crisis, we were not producing enough soybeans, and England wasn't. And that's where your proteins are. So what happens is, is that the farmers and they got they got together and they started producing uh, feed, cattle feed. But it's not your typical cattle feed. So typically, if a cow were to die, okay, you had to bring up the dead car- the dead carcass from the cow. You also had other cows, such as sheep, dead sheep, and you had dead um, roadkill, actually. And so you add all those things up. And the interesting part is, is that when you add all those things up, you get a protein kind of a thing, like a protein feed. 
that is meant for cows to be healthy. But the catch is, is that in the early 1980s, okay, they did not heat the proper temperatures, unlike the temperatures in, in the states where we had actual government regulations. Now, you're going to see the difference between the case numbers is complete a big variety of a big of a difference because in the mid early 1990s and late 1990s it goes it's a scare and it i know i definitely can tell you it was before my time but i absolutely loved it because in a couple years ago there was actually a, a mad cow disease uh, in California for the first time. Now the cases are when typically if a person were to get mad cow disease, okay, here's why it's such a lethal disease. So before we go back and uh, how the cow got the, the things figured out and stuff was typically if a person were to get mad cow disease, it is either they have to eat some kind of a brain uh, brains of another a mammal it is only prevalent in animals nowhere else your reptiles can't get mad cow disease no other animals can get it it's only your, your mammals so your humans cows sheep and there yes even elk can get mad cow disease but it's different sheep is called scabies now that's definitely not not very appetizing scabies and i know <laughs> the interesting part is you're probably cooking and you're probably thinking oh my gosh why is Soslin talking about eating brains and cannibalism oh my gosh so typically we don't know we produce we we don't know if we're eating brains or not because it's all in our beef it's all in our things um it's in our meat but the difference between american standard of beef is that we have to boil our water over 200 degrees. And when you boil water to over 200 degrees, it kills off the fat proteins that protects the prytons in the brain. The, that's a brain cell of another cattle. But when we digest it, we eat some sort of, uh, some sort of brains. Yes, from cattle. And that is scientifically proven. And it is CDC proven as well. So the difference, the reason why the cattle industry was so affected was, was that it started like, oh my, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around because I'm so excited about this topic. So let's go back to the humans. So let's actually start, start slow. So the humans, it takes seven years for any of the science to pick up. So in England, there was a two young gal that had, um, a 15 year old girl that had uh, mad cow disease. She started the typical uh, symptoms of mad cow disease in humans and same things are for a cow is once you start noticing symptoms and that is you lose memory, number one, you lose um, your functionality. So you fall down a lot, you run into walls, you, you become very scratchy. You have to scratch on posts. It happens with cows. Cows do the same thing. They have a hard time saying they had a hard time standing up. So they tend to fall over a lot and they like do unnecessary things just like for humans. So it's like, it's like early on, it's like late stages of dementia or Parkinson's. We don't know what's going on and all that. But the reason why it's called the man cow disease. Okay. is because those prytons, 
get in your brain and it's like a 404 message 404 message if you ever go on your computer and you go on a, in a site and then it crashes you get a 404 message saying oh mess uh, can't go through can't compute so that message your brain gets that message and it doesn't know what to do so typically if you don't know what to do the brain folds in on itself it folds in on that thing so now that is a not only does not only is that bad but it spreads to the other brain cells and it tells the other brain receptors okay we have a mixed message we don't know what to do so we have to fold in on it so it becomes squishy so it becomes a sponge so your brain then becomes a sponge and that is really really bad and it happens a lot in your dementia and alzheimer's patients but this cow disease this cow disease or cow, mad cow disease happens in your younger generation and in your um in your younger population the case that with that 15 year old girl when she got it they couldn't track it whether she ate beef or not for the past seven years and if you ever read the brooklyn or the britain tabloids or the england tabloids this gal the mother knew that it was going on or the grandmother knew both the mother and the grandmother knew that was going on so they rehad the scare back in uh, 1993 and so that gal or that young girl she did die of it uh that's one thing about the mad cow disease once you have it it is it is not curable it's not curable for cattle it's not curable for anybody now you're going to catch on to now stay tuned what i just said about it's not curable for the cattle that one cow it went from uh one cow to two to 10 to 40 to 135,000 affected cows in England. Now you're wondering, oh, Sotslin, but you said that it can't pass. It's like, it's, it can't pass. It cannot pass human to human. So it cannot like typical, like if you have like uh, a cold, it can't pass for like through anything. So once you have it, it's not contagious. The only way it passes through is by eating of other brains. But the farmers didn't know that was happening. So they were, they didn't know that the other cows were being affected by it. So back in 1980s and stuff, there was one outbreak that happened that caused a small of a scare. It took 10 cows to have the cow disease to, for them to die before the England took action. And they said, okay, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna do this. It, we're, if your cow shows any signs of beef or any signs of like mad cow disease, because we know that's compromised and we're gonna uh, pay half of your share. We're gonna pay half of what your beef is worth. So in layman's term, if you have, if you buy a hamburger for $50, and automatically it is diagnosed with mad cow disease and you by the time you, you already notice it and you already like it's already almost in the near-death experience it's automatically gonna be worth $25 because that therefore the beef is not good anymore it's already tampered and it's not gonna be good but it was interesting because a lot of the farmers the moment that they started getting an inkling of a, a the herd of getting some sort of mad cow disease they kill it right away and they would sell it to the beef or the butcher thing so then they got their phone full money's worth now to me that would make logical sense if i had cattle and i knew that my beef was going to be tampered with and i knew that my cow was going to get a disease that's not going to be curable unlike if they have a cold 
I would do the same thing. I hate to say it, so I could see, I could sense it because when you have a poor uh, soybean cropped and famine in England, you what's your alternative? So, long story short, in England they they didn't know what to do, so then they started mass producing. Um, so they it started the they could burn off the fat, and it took a small amount of time for the fat to be burned off. But they produced a mass quantity. So if you're producing mass quantity, you're going to go around the back door. You're not going to cook as fully. So therefore, you're not going to actually burn the proton cells. And that's the cells that is banned that goes inside your brain. That is banned for anything. And cats can get it. And cats have got it through cat food. And cats have also got and cats have also gotten it. Now, there's not any science, and I've looked this up, of dogs getting mad cow disease. I've never seen that. I've looked into it. I have not seen any reports on it or any studies. So what happened is, is that England tends, to, like they turn to like, oh, okay, well, we're not really going to do much of anything about it. So they kind of turn a blind eye. But France, they started getting affected by it too. So not only does France get affected by the the prytons or the mad cow disease so they bar uk from having any cattle being shipped across anything any waters anything else and a matter of fact fun fact for the day is is that in england they cannot uh trade any sort of beef in england to france even to this very day even after it was lifted in the early 2000s and after the whole trial which we will get to in the next episode and the reason why it's and there's going to be a reason so with the mad cow disease okay for a human it takes seven years and typically we you can be perfectly fine but once a human gets it you're you can't it's not reversible and it typically takes about a year and a year and a half a one year to a year and a half for you to die from it it's a hundred percent fatality rate and it's a low amount of people that can get it though too so that's i don't know if you want to say that's good or not but that's kind of a good sign as well because that means it's harder to pass on but also brings you just different speculations how do we know that we already don't have a mad cow disease that's another question that we wonder as well. I wonder that sometimes. So the interesting part is, is that this whole, the whole plant-based thing is a little bit odd. Now you're going to wonder, I've also looked into this as well. When you look at plant-based, where do they think they get their proteins? They get it from soybeans. They add a whole bunch of additives. They add a bunch of carcinogens to make it to add to supplement the proteins to, to add the lost nutrients of what beef could um, to what beef actually adds in so that's dangerous so whenever you see plant-based always double check because more chemicals and additives go in there to substitute the actual meat now all the meat is good but in a cow is so hard to differentiate what actually gets off the cow what like gets um gets fed out and stuff every part of the cow is utilized so either some majority of the beef majority of the cow like the shoulder the breasts the legs 
the meat on the cow itself gets butchered and it gets it gets sold to where we consume it as human beings but the flip side though is the rest of the dead carcass cow the rest of it gets grinded up along with everything else along with other roadkill and along with other weird animals that i i don't want to imagine you know now it's interesting i was driving and i was like i can't believe cows actually eat dead carcass carcasses now that might that probably has changed but i looked into it and i looked on around uh, on uh academic journal articles and it's actually still the practices are still being used to this very day but it's more on the down low because they don't want to scare the public and so it's it's very it's very interesting it's a very dishonest uh industry that is going on in america with the beef with the the beef industry and the beef industry is we're going to get to why that beef industry is such why they went to court for oprah in the next episode so either way the dead part the bad part of the cow such as the brain the eyes and everything else gets shredded up and grinded up into kind of a mush and it gets dried out and then gets fed now if i and the reason why a cat got it was because it was also used for cat food so dead carcasses get used in cat food in some sort of it now is you're not going to see it on the can oh what the ingredients are because they dilute it so much with other kind of a harsh chemicals with other plant base and and soybeans is the most common plant additives that they add it's got quick protein and it's got also corn silage corn they add that in there as well it's very interesting when you look at the ingredients and you take a deeper look at it so what happened is okay over a hundred at the peak of the mad cow disease in the mid 1993 over 135,000 heads of cattle was affected in england only let alone in england okay about 15 heads of cattle was affected in america that was number two and number three only about 175 heads of cattle was affected in france but my question is i have during my research i all my research i've done why won't you dispose of the cattle properly burn it because if you're if you're allowing brains to the other cattle that's really bad and why did they keep that practice up you can just burn the brains and you and do something with it bury it compost i don't know do something with it see that's the thing that i have a problem with but the but then my question got answered because the brain has the most protein out of in the head of a cattle it's got the most protein out of even after everything gets taken out so i could see why as well so you add soybeans additives and and adds a whole bunch of protein levels to it so with the heads of cattle so there were really no cases in America of a mad cow disease. There was no cases of it. Now in America, it's in humans, human to human contact is called something else. I really do not know the long name. I try to say it a whole bunch of times, but it's like, it's layman terms, mad cow disease. About a couple of years ago, there was a young adult that was affected by the mad cow disease. He did eventually pass away. Um, and in California, about four years ago, there was also another individual or another cattle that got affected by the mad cow disease. Now, typically, 
what you in America is more they find other alternatives and other additives to make sure that they don't use all of the the cow's parts for proteins and does it and also don't use other heads of cattle in uh, to feed to other cattle or to feed into other animals. So it's interesting with everything with all the research I've done, the amount of research. It all started off with the apple apples in Seattle. When uh, 60 Minutes and uh, CBS and NBC 15, or NBC not 15, but local news stations decided to do a special story about the red apple and how that causes cancer and how that is really bad and causes high levels of carcinage. And from there, there's called this Veggie Liable Act that was passed, where, for instance, it's like a defamation suit. So if I were an individual and I were to call out somebody, now this is a big hypothetical. If I were to say, you know what, I don't like you because you did this and the list can go on. In a Veggie Liable suit, okay, that that person can sue me for um things that because either they got ruined their reputation got ruined or they were affected financially somehow or something like something big drastically happened and that they couldn't get on their own but it's a lot different compared to a person compared to a business because back in the early 1980s in america the red apple industry got hit the apple orchards got affected big time every everybody got hit really hard because a lot of kids were getting sick and People were wondering, and at one point during the peak of the whole red apple scare, um, you had a family, a mom, literally had to call the hotline for chemical and um, hotline for pesticide and ask if whether um, it was safe to pour the apple juice down the drain. That doesn't make any sense coherently. So on the red apple, it's the reason why the apple lasted so long back in the 1980s is because of the the carcinage kind of a a a a layer or kind of a film that was left on the apple that would rot in the stores and they used it and they experimented on it in uh on the hamburger in mcdonald's and yes again mcdonald's is back in the it was back in the headlines back in the day because they experimented by adding the same amount of coating they did for the red apple and it didn't rot a single thing and it was really bad for the human consumption intake. So what happened is uh, the red, the Apple industry went and sued $200 million out of 60 Minutes, CBS, uh, ABC, and I think it was CNN during that time. Now they lost the case because based on a bunch of merits, but the reason why they did it was because literally after the story broke, okay, their Apple industry back in the 18, 1980s, it was affected heavily, big time. So that's where it led states to cause uh, veggie libel suits. Now in Ohio, it is actually a criminal offense if you actually go after a, some kind of agricultural in a derogatory way. It is actually a criminal offense. And now this is where we lead to Oprah Winfrey because the states a bunch of states passed things in order to protect it. And you had uh, state Congress and state representatives 
passing it unanimously on both sides because, of course, you rub my back, I rub your back. And agriculture is a huge thing in America. And it still is. It's still a booming industry. So these veggie libel suits were passed across the majority of all the states. So now it's dependent on different states. But in Texas, what happened was, and as we kind of wrap things up, is that we are going to jump in where Oprah Winfrey brings three guests on. One was from the FDA, number one. Number two was Howard Lanes. And number three was a beat a cattlesman that was into the field very well. They had a great discussion because back in the day, Oprah Winfrey did five shows a week and she was contracted to do certain shows per month and it was during daytime. And this was a peak of her, her time. This was a peak of her like success. And this is where it went sour. With her four quotes, and we're going to uh, end it, I will not eat I will not eat beef again. All right. I will not eat beef again. Yeah, four. And now that, but the Cal Brains and from Howard Lanes, and now that, but they also edited what the FDA guy said and what the the academic guy also said as well. And they only made as if the cattle industry was really bad. Because literally the next day after the airing got released to the public, the cattle industry, or the, the price of beef, dropped over $1.50. Now, back in the day, it was a legal limit, and it went dropped to the legal limit. Now, of course, it's higher because due to inflation in this day and age, it was higher. And that's where a whole bunch of cattlemen out of Texas were really ticked. And it was affected by the whole thing. And it's called the Oprah effect. And that's what it is called because she apparently she was so influential and uh, people didn't want to buy it because they were all scared of it. But the whole thing is, is that it's kind of her own doing because when the show got released, they redacted majority of what the scholars said and majority of what the FDA guy said. And they only added about 30 second clips of it. So it was kind of her own doing. So we're going to go to tomorrow to figure out what happened and how did she end up in Texas all the way from New York? How did she end up in, actually not New York, from California to Texas? What happened and what happened during the court trial? So with this in mind, I would also like to apologize for being like all over and scatterbrained, but I absolutely love this topic and it happens when I love this topic. Uh, I get so excited that I, you know, it's it's one of my quirks. Uh, I got to do a better job on it. But stay tuned of how the decision, whether if Oprah Winfrey was found guilty or not, and was there a countersuit that transpired. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have an awesome day. And remember to keep it saucy. Bye.